listening to RPC Ramblings, a podcast by Rich Hill Presbyterian Church. Hope you enjoy the chat. Well, hello everyone, and uh, welcome to uh, the next episode of RPC Ramblings, uh, a podcast uh, put together by Rich Hill Presbyterian Church. Um, uh, my name is John Torrens. I um, um, slash was the assistant minister of Richfield Presbyterian Church, um, soon to be the the minister of Second Saintfield Presbyterian Church, and um, I'm joined today by my friends Alex Richardson and uh, Leslie Ann Wilkinson. Um, how are you guys doing? Yeah, hello. Yeah. Keeping all right, John. I've asked these guys how they're doing, um, but actually we've been uh, doing lots of episodes one after the <laughs> other. And uh, Leslie Ann, you have some. You have something to say about life in lockdown. You know, one of the side effects of sitting yeah. in your by your desk all afternoon on the phone to me. Yeah, well, see, this is the thing. I think I've always known that my posture was poor, but when you can see yourself on a screen, um, you realise that I'm basically a hunchback. So every so often, I become very conscious and try to straighten up. But yeah, a few a few recordings in, I'm not sure that I can sit much straighter anymore. I'll just I'll just lean over the desk. So it's not that you're heavy laden by the questions that are being posed <laughs> to you in this podcast. No, it's, it's just that, a bad seat. Yeah, bad seat, bad posture. <laughs> it's just it's just the way you are. Yeah. Oh. Well, um, thank you both for your time. And uh, yeah, so you're talking there about one of the sort of side effects of living in lockdown, or life in lockdown, as we, we talk about. Mm. And um, that brings us very nicely to our topic <laughs> for today. And uh, this podcast, as you, you, you will hopefully know by now, is a podcast whereby we're seeking to address some of the issues that, that we face as Christians uh, during this sort of COVID-19 pandemic. And we're sort of settled into a bit of routine um, in our lives now. And uh, one of the things that we, we want to talk about or we're going to talk about today uh, is evangelism. And, uh, and the reason we want to talk about that is because although the lockdown has caused um, lots of things to cease or, or it's made um, at least them very difficult to do, um, the call uh, for us as Christians to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to the world remains. And um, we were uh, talking about putting what episodes to do and, and, and what to discuss. And when we were thinking about uh, evangelism, um, we were thinking about what Jesus said uh, to his people in Matthew 5. Uh, if you're from Rich Hill, you'll remember uh, we looked at this passage not that long ago in our series in the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus there is speaking to his disciples and in a passage in, in Matthew chapter 5, he describes them as salt and light. And uh, you'll remember, uh, or even you can look that passage up, you'll see that Jesus does not say that we're to be salt and light. He says that we are salt and light. And um, it's with sort of in light of this sort of new identity that we have as members of his kingdom um, that we're, we're going to think about. We're going to think about today. Uh, evangelism is not a job that we, we do between certain, certain hours or at certain times it's it's part of who we are and um, so that's what we're going to be thinking about today our, our circumstances have changed but our, our our calling has not um and so with that in mind i'm going to throw the question to you two uh, and uh, get the ball rolling and i want to maybe ask um sort of what gospel opportunities um might covid19 bring what gospel opportunities might covid19 bring yeah i think um I think you're right, John, that uh, we are called to uh, be sharing the gospel um, with those who do not know it yet um, or with those who haven't um, come to know uh, 
uh, Jesus um, yet. Um, uh, evangelism, I, I certainly I don't think it, it has ceased uh, at this time. Um, I think it's a time where we have to think differently uh, about how we do evangelism or maybe even um, think about certain things we're going to talk about that we normally don't talk about as much. Um, mm -hmm. So I think one of the big things that um, this, you know, this pandemic has done is just remind us of how frail we are as human beings. You know, we are in our homes, isolated. We can't get out. Um, we don't really know how to solve this, this virus in terms of a cure for it. Um, we're just reminded of um, how inadequate um, we are and how much we are uh, dependent on on God, our creator, um, how much we need him. And so I think to that end, um, there is a real opportunity for us uh, to be um, talking about human frailty um, and our need for our creator and um, to be in a relationship with the one who has made us and sustains us and you know provides for us in so many ways. Yeah, yeah, it's a strangely unique time where suddenly everyone's talking about death, <clears throat> that this isn't something that we would have to awkwardly bring up, you know, the frailty of life or um, or even people thinking about their plans. I like got a, a chat with a neighbour recently about how their um, Easter holiday was cancelled and they can't get to the caravan and, and that, that's, everyone's in that position and they're very aware now that their plans are not a, not unshakable. So that this idea that we can plan and we can think we're in control, people are acutely aware of the fact that they're not in control at the minute um, and that in itself is a great opportunity just to be able to point to this sovereign God and yeah there's definitely a lot of chat or or hope like you know we're, we're coming out to clap our NHS and we're putting pictures in our windows and that's great to encourage um, but on some level I think people do know that that's not a sustainable or a constant hope um, so yeah lots of chat to be had. Yeah it's interesting isn't it well a lot of these things we're sort of such an autonomous type of you know people um, and here we are, you know, kept in on our own. And mm. obviously we're, we have all this time to think about what we think about. Well, like say death or our plans or frailty, where we're putting our hope. Um, yeah, I think there's, there are lots of opportunities. Uh, the gospel has a lot to say, mm. uh, to say about this. Um, I think even like, it's interesting, you know, the culture is, you know, kind of, we know better than, uh, than God, or we know better than God's word. Um, do you know, the sort of a real confidence in, in who we are as a human race. And actually, you know, we just, um, yeah, COVID-19 just has thrown all that yeah. up into the air. Um, and I, cause I think, you know, it's one of the things when we talk about evangelism is we think, well, where are the opportunities or how do we even begin with the gospel? Um, how do we like approach that with someone? But with COVID-19, uh, well, the problem is how do you communicate with people? We're kind of not yeah. allowed to <laughs> keep our distance from them. <laughs> but actually I think, um, there are a huge amount of opportunities um we, we you know the gospel is is good news and, and we're surrounded by bad news mm -hmm. uh, gospel is filled with hope people are without hope are losing their hope um and uh you know the gospel is light and, and the world is filled with darkness um yeah i, I think there's those are just some of the things mm -hmm. yeah, it's well, interesting. Ahead, it's interesting. yeah it's interesting you know we we talk about hope and and how we might um, talk uh, about the gospel and think about the gospel uh, and maybe it's not so much uh, as telling people uh, we do need to get to this obviously and make this clear that yes Jesus died for your sins and rose again but I think 
this is something that is a fact in nearly all of us, do you mm -hmm. know, whether it's directly or indirectly. And so all of us, Christian or non-Christian, are going through very similar things. It's how do you make sense of this um, and, and what we're going through. And I think part of our evangelism, talking to people, is bringing the Christian perspective. And we've mentioned it, it's one of hope, um, because we don't place our hope in in this world. We place our hope in in Jesus Christ, we recognize that nothing is going to separate us from from His love, um, and one day we are going to be with Him forever. That's that's a guarantee, uh, and that that breeds hope. Um, but I think it is a matter of bringing our Christian worldview um, to bear on people's lives and and showing or, or telling people how we can make sense of this in a way that doesn't lead to despair, um, disappointment, grief, in the end, but actually is one of of real hope in Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, a Christian worldview. Yeah, mm. I think that's really helpful mm -hmm. um, because I think people think they know what Christians believe, <laughs> and um, but actually, uh, it's in times like this here whenever we can really show how different we are. I mean, that's mm -hmm. what Jesus means by being salt and light. He means we are distinctive. Um, we are separate from the world. Uh, being a kingdom person, uh, belonging to the kingdom of Jesus Christ is not belonging to the kingdom of the world. And react differently. Yeah, that's really helpful. Um, mm -hmm. Let's think a little bit more about that, Lizzie. And what do you, I mean? What do you think it means to be, uh, to you know, sort of have a Christian worldview? What does that look like, particularly mm -hmm. in terms of evangelism? Yeah, I think that was very helpful, Alex, and, and possibly something that I hadn't considered of loads in this context. Although we might say that we do in general. A eh? but, but but a Christian worldview rather than so so the panic and the fear mongering that's going on. How how we respond to such things. Um, in light of who Christ is, in light of the unchanging God, um, even just uh, thinking ahead to Easter, in light of what, what Christ has achieved for us on the cross, that we no longer fear death, for example. So surely that needs to shape and form how we speak about these things, how we engage in conversation, how we watch the news, even, you know, what the filter, I, I guess, through which we, we receive this information. Um, and certainly, and then the way that we speak with others about that. So if, if someone is panicked and they're almost expecting you to share in that panic, it's really striking for you to say, well, actually, because I believe in a God who's in control, because I no longer fear death, because victory has no death because of Christ's sacrifice, that is really sh shocking and striking to someone who is panicking and is seeing a panicking world and is expecting you to respond in the same way. And so I guess that's, Alex, what, what you're meaning is that they're just how in our response and our conversation and our own thinking um, how we allow scripture and and the person of, of God to shape those things rather than the world around us. Yeah, completely. Um, yeah. And I think maybe like one of the things I'm maybe thinking about is I'm maybe with people normally on a week-to-week -week basis where um, Christianity is viewed as being religious on a Sunday mm -hmm. um, and yet uh, one of the ways in which I think this plays itself out is that this pandemic is here seven days a week all the time. And so um, how am I responding every day to, um, to, to, to what is going on in the world around me? Um, and I think there are ways um, that I can show that uh, I'm a Christian, not just uh, on a Sunday by going um, somewhere for, for say an hour and that's it. And then the rest of the week's just normal, but actually throughout the rest of the week, how do I show um, that 
that actually I'm living out of the hope of the gospel, mm -hmm. how do um, I live by things that I do that, that show that, um, yeah, I, I want to love people because I've experienced the love of Christ first, um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of modeling, mm -hmm. you know, the Christian response, you know, it's that kind of idea. Um, and I think that's why we probably started our podcast series with um, how do we respond to COVID-19 um, and why we're moving on to living in COVID-19. Um, because I think how we react to it, um, not just calm, but also like sadness or, mm. um, you know, like it's amazing how, how much, uh, you know, our world is is mourning um, and is, you know, sort of is sad, saddened by what has happened. Um, uh, and if our world is sort of truly atheistic, then, or, you know, then they wouldn't, or humanist, they wouldn't have that kind of mourning. This would just be, you know, part of the survival of the fittest. Mm -hmm. But yet there is that sort of inherent sadness and worry that people have and sense of tragedy and sense of loss. And uh, I think it's, though it might not seem natural to us to maybe bring up or push further into those feelings that people have, but I think as we like observe the world around us and, and observe our neighbours, and I think we can respond differently. We don't necessarily need to, uh, initially in a way, we don't necessarily need to be like, well, tell me, why do you think you feel like that? Um, but I do think, yeah, our response is, is, is huge in that. Um, I think, um, I suppose it, it kind of gets to sort of the heart of a lot of evangelism chat, which is this kind of implicit, explicit divide. Um, you know, the, the implicit stuff which we do, which is sort of maybe less obvious. Uh, and then, Paul, you talked about the explicit, um, you know, actually getting to the heart of the gospel. Um, do you guys want to chat maybe some thoughts about what this looks like ter in terms of that kind of implicit and explicit um, evangelism? Yeah, I mean, um, personally, I... Maybe an example of how the implicit kind of what we do and then the explicit how they maybe work together um, has worked out for us. Um, so Rachel, my wife, she is a nurse and obviously it's very busy at the minute. Um, being a nurse, it's a bit chaotic, obviously, mm -hmm. with what's going on. Um, and so we were chatting through what might it look like to um, do good, um, yeah. so the implicit um, at this time. And so we came, made the decision together that um, as Christians, we want to love people, we want to serve people, we want to care for people. She is fit and healthy. She's able to do that. And so the decision was made for her to apply to do extra shifts. That's just what, and so I think that is part of doing good. Um, now, that that's a bit crazy, um, I think, at this time to be going to doing, to be going and doing extra shifts because th there is, well, it increases your, your chances of obviously you getting sick. Um, but from that, the, the conversations that um, she has been able to have with people asking her, why are you doing extra shifts in the midst of a pandemic when everyone else is telling you to look after yourself, you take care of yourself, you stay at home as much as you can. Um, and she's made the decision to do extra shifts. And the conversation she's been able to say is that, look, um, I want to help people, I want to serve people, and to share of how she's a Christian, to share her story of how she came to know um, the Lord, and, and ultimately to say that it's going to be okay in the end because, you know, my hope's not 
in this world, it's in the life to come. Um, so there's, I think, an example for us of how um, the implicit and the explicit of uh, doing good has led to, to conversations at this mm-hmm. time um, for mm-hmm. her. So, yeah. That's a great example. I mean, we think back to Matthew 5 where Jesus says, the reason you're to live, you know, the reason basically behind the Sermon on the Mount, if you could sum up the Sermon on the Mount, is that people might see our good deeds and give glory to your Father in heaven. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's hard for us to imagine, I think, as Christians, what does it look like to glorify God in this time? Why, what what would cause a non-Christian during the, the COVID-19 pandemic to go, wow, let's give glory to God, what an awesome God you might have. And actually, that's a great example of, you know, how we, in our actions, can do, be godly, be Christian, um, uh, and people look at us, they, 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 we seem otherworldly, um, and God willing, they will give glory to our Father in heaven because of because of it. Yeah, great. And so, um, what else? How else might we want to encourage people to um, in in evangelism at, at this time? Mm. Well, I think that that was a really great example, Alex. And hey, it's amazing that you guys are able to do that. And yet, so so for example, in our house, Chris and I are aren't working outside the home. We're both working from home. And I think maybe a lot of people will be in the same boat where they are not able to to go out and to be with people. Um, so so how is it then that within our neighbourhoods, within our our developments, wherever we live, um, what what can we be doing then? And and it's it's funny actually because we've lived here what almost four years, and in lots of ways we're aware that do you know what we haven't always been taking the opportunities that we could have. You know why is it that now? And yet God has very graciously allowed us to have conversations over fences and and you guys were laughing about Chris and his gardening. But honestly, our neighbour that we join like a garden with loves his gardening. So the two of them have been sharing cuttings and like there's stuff going back and forward over the fence. They just leave each other boxes of plants. It's very sweet. And from that, then next I'll hear Chris out chatting about his time in Australia and how actually when he came home that he started coming to church. And like you know, these chats that just wouldn't really have happened before. Um, now, we're not necessarily getting to that explicit gospel conversation yet, but does that mean that we stop loving them? No, of course, we'll, we'll keep chatting. We'll keep, if we have extra food, because there's only two of us here, we'll leave it open the doorstep, whatever it is. Um, those little things, I think, for us at the minute are what are doable. And, and maybe just contacting people as well. Um, I don't love talking on the phone. Ironically, I don't love video calls, and yet here we are. That's what I spend all day doing. Um, so to reach out to friends that I probably wouldn't really have called before and maybe would have met for a coffee like once a year. Now just being a bit more intentional with that as well. Um, little things like that will speak a lot. Um, and in and, and, and one sense it's maybe hard because there's been a real community sense anyway in light of this and people have really rallied around. So in what way are we any different? And um, some of that might be the longevity of it, that we don't just fall off the grid once, once it's all over. Um, and I think that's something Chris and I are very, very conscious of now, that this wouldn't be a, oh, we chatted during that. Um, so so thinking ahead, I guess, that's something we're very aware of as well. Yeah, that's really helpful. But you know, that's something I've noted uh, on sort of Thursday evenings, people coming oh. out to applaud the NHS and you get a real sense of community and it's, you have a real opportunity and to bond with maybe neighbours or wave at neighbours you've never even yeah. seen before. Um, but you're, you get a sense of, oh, this is great, but actually, why is it great? Um, is it bearing fruit for the gospel? Mm-hmm. And you have to think, just of how can that, how can that be? 
and uh, I, I think I've also on the flip side. I mean, you talked there about um, going slow, and I think that's really important. I think sometimes we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to have a conversation or to you know mm-hmm. give a tract or something. But yeah. I mean, some of people listening to this will be in lockdown with members of their family mm-hmm. who are not Christians, yeah. and for us to say you you know what a great opportunity uh, here you are the person can't run anywhere um just you know crack open john's gospel and start reading and get at it i mean that would just be, <laughs> be crazy wouldn't it <laughs> but at the same time i think emotions are a little bit more raw and uh, there's a little bit more confusion there is a little bit more of a, an opportunity um like god will be glorified in this time and uh, god willing his church will grow in our midst um yeah, that's for sure yeah yeah, and I think what you said, John. You know, people are, you know, people are searching for for answers or trying to make sense of this at this time. And and so yes, we may be locked in with families, and we maybe don't want to lock family members in their room and read John the Gospel of John. Um, but there there are opportunities to, to to yes talk about the brokenness and and everything that's going on. Um, because I think across the board, we all acknowledge that this isn't the way it's meant to be. Um, this isn't right. Do you know, I was um, on the phone the, the other night um, chatting to, to someone who, who's not a Christian and they said a number of times, this isn't right. This isn't how things are meant to be. This is terrible. Um, you know, well, why is this happening? And, and there's an opportunity in those moments to be able to, to, to share um, the, the gospel to say well actually you know you're right this isn't um the, how things are meant to be here's why things things are but here is um here's hope um in the midst of this uh, if that makes sense um so there definitely is an opportunity for for conversations because across the board christian non-christian we're we're searching we're, we're asking um yeah and I, I, I think them we, we do want to encourage people to speak up as well um and uh something we talked about um i think you hinted at earlier pal when you were talking sort of about our christian attitude or christian response is that um when it comes to presenting the gospel one of the wonderful things about the gospel is that we don't necessarily um uh, do you know the bible has just so many wonderful pictures of the gospel for us to use and employ at this time and um, generally right from the beginning in genesis all the way to revelation um, and i mean we, we talked about in a previous episode when we talked about the lord's supper about the wedding feast of the lamb and you think of those people who are lonely um and you think about well well someday when we're speaking to him someday we can say well do you know we're going to be uh, a part of a great multitude a myriad upon myriad of people for the rest of eternity and that, that's part of the gospel that's something that's been won for us um and i think we'd encourage people uh to sort of to to think about scripture and try and apply what they're reading what they're learning of scripture to maybe their neighbors or to their family members and um, uh, easter we've obviously well this will go out long after we're recording this before easter but easter is happening this weekend and such a good opportunity isn't it um people are struggling to buy easter eggs why are so many people so mad keen to buy easter eggs um do you know uh, is there something there that we can be talking about um do you know to to our friends and family yeah completely and i mean even um to be pointing or encouraging people to be uh listening into uh, mm-hmm. to maybe things that are going on um in church do you know uh, with with things going on 
um, say YouTube or, or on website, it's technology, it, it is available for, for more people. And um, yeah, again, the, there was an opportunity, I was just on the phone to someone and um, I just said to them, why don't you check out what's what's going on? Um, online we're you know going through the sams and they've been a real comfort um, in the midst of everything that's going on i just think really simple opportunity just to say hey why don't you why don't you check out this um for, from our church website lots of resources that are really helpful in yes making sense of, of what's going on and, and pointing um people to to jesus ultimately and, and that's what we want to do continue to give people repeated access to the gospel um, so yeah technology that also reminds us um, that we're not we're not alone either in this yeah. uh, you know in this sort of bid to evangelize. I mean, sure, we don't have necessarily the the sort of support network that we would have had in terms of corporate worship, um, mm. but we do have one other. Um, yeah, uh, Leslie, I don't want to chat a little bit about that, but how we maybe can be helping one another in, in our evangelism. Yeah, well, even the idea of sharing. Um, what we're reading or what we're, we're coming across. Like we are in multiple groups of things and there's a lot of encouragement passed along and, and a lot of new contact being made. And I think people actually are being a bit bolder. I'm not really on social media, but I know people are sharing things that maybe they wouldn't have before. Um, and, and as someone else sees that, that encourages them. So maybe even for the Christian, it encourages them as they see, oh, there's such and such speaking up a bit or sharing the service, whatever it is. Um, so we can encourage one another in that way. Um, and, and just reaching out and contact. Like we we can contact each other. We can be putting into our groups. Um, and I guess being careful with that too, but, uh, but just encouraging one another with what we're reading, like the devotions that have been produced alongside the, the sermons, I think are really helpful so that throughout the week we're actually meditating upon on, upon God's word upon what we're learning and encouraging one another to do that maybe even asking you know dare we actually ask people if they're using them it might actually be an encouragement to them in their own faith and as they as they start family habits of of worship as well hmm. yeah yeah a number of things you talked about being careful I, mm. I sort of struck by that um uh, I'm really aware of hearing about the sort of medical staff that are looking after Boris um, mm. about some of the things they're doing. And I'm, I'm even, I'm wary of sort of sharing that because I'm wary that if I, I know within the NHS, uh, I know there are certain rules about what you can say and what you cannot say about your faith. And, mm -hmm. and we know that if God has placed Christians uh, sort of in the midst or to care after Boris, then we, we need to be really careful about making sure that we don't share something or say something that actually would get them you know, mm -hmm. make them lose their job and, and make them lose their and make them lose their uh, their opportunity to to speak and right now it is encouraging and it's really encouraging to hear that kind of thing and, and we do we would love to see Boris converted mm -hmm. as we would love to see um, well, so many people converted at this time um, but we, we do when we can take our hope I mean there are other places to take our hope than from yeah. who is caring looking after Boris you know we have Jesus seated on the throne as one person um, and yeah. And even but, those people doing their jobs well, that's implicit evangelism anyway. You know, so as absolutely. we work to the Lord in, in whatever area of work, you know, we're we're employed to to do that job. Now we're we're uniquely employed to evangelize. But like I, I was a teacher, like I was employed to teach Spanish. And um, when I had opportunities in my own time, of course, but we are employed to do our job well and that gives glory to God and, and as we do that 
with a, just a quiet spirit, with a humble heart and serve others. That in itself is that implicit evangelism that you were talking about as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Um, I know there's so much we didn't really cover in terms of implicit, you know, <laughs> yeah. stuff written down here. We were talked about sort of resisting greed when we're in the shops and we're sort of yeah. abiding by the laws and keeping mm -hmm. our distance from people, you know, being good citizens, being good employees, all that kind of stuff. It, it is, it is noticed. Um, I think, <laughs> I go ahead, Pal, yeah. No, I think one of the, the other ways we're talking about like church community and how, um, you know, we have one another and how that can witness to the world at this time. And, you know, people who know me will obviously ask like what about church at the minute um mm. what's happening and to be able to say um how people are looking after one another keeping you know keeping in contact touching base um you know even saying how like a few weeks ago there was there was food left in for food bank in case people need food mm. people are asking each other if they need groceries delivered for those who can L lots of different ways that uh, people can serve one another and we can all be looking out for one another I think for non-Christian people or for people who don't have that community, that network, to, ha to, to hear of what's going on and all those tangible ways in which we're loving and caring and serving one another, it's almost like, wow, you know, that's, that's amazing that you have that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I think at that moment, it's, there's such a great opportunity to say, well, you know, you can be in that community too, you know, um, so yeah, yeah um, I think that's another way in which we can um, witness to the world in how we love and care for one another um, in tangible ways. Because that's right. the assumption is that people are fine, that people are looked after by their families. When actually, when we think about the family unit within sort of Western culture, we actually, if we think about it at all, we know it's one of the most broken things. Mm -hmm. But yet at this time, we're like, yeah, that person is, is doing okay. Um, and uh the, the gospel as manifested through the church community is, is a really powerful thing at this time. Um, yeah, I think um, sort of one more thing, and then I'll ask you guys for your closing comments. We talked about um, uh, using one another and, uh, you know, for help. And I, I recognize that I said, you know, the Bible is filled with sort of pictures of the gospel. And you might have heard that. You might be thinking to yourself, well, actually, I have no idea where to begin. But if, if you want to know, uh, you know, maybe different pictures of the gospel if you find yourself talking to someone that um you don't really know how to bring the gospel to them in a sort of uh, winsome way like, please feel free to to get in touch with with alex or leslie ann or myself or even alistair of course um our minister um we, we talked in week one about building up verses that actually describe the character of god not necessarily mm -hmm. verses that describe what's happening or try to explain what ha what's happening um and I think that would be our big sort of thing, you know, when it comes to presenting the gospel, we, we encourage you to present Jesus Christ. Um, and, and if you find really good things that you can share on social media that present him, present his grace, his kindness, his mercy, then I will encourage you to do that. And again, if you're not sure, you know, if, you, if we talked about knowing your Psalms in previous episodes and you feel like you're not equipped to do that, please and get in touch. We would love to share God's word with you and to help you know uh, who God is and help you uh, present him to the world. Um, Alex, Leslie-Anne, do you guys, we're running out of time, so do you guys want to give us a bit of a closing comment, if any, maybe you're happy, you're content with your, your contribution, but uh, go ahead, Leslie-Anne, any sort of closing comments? Yeah, yeah, I think I think that has been a helpful chat, even, even for me again, as we think 
again, not just when this all started, because maybe I think we're a bit more clued into, okay, what can we do now? But as the weeks go on, maybe maybe get a bit more comfortable. So it's good to consider again, how can we both implicitly and explicitly use this? And that that it's not a time where we just wait until everything's back to normal, but actually we use these opportunities now. So, so that's been helpful. Yeah, yeah completely. Um, yeah, continue to pray for opportunities um, to share the gospel. Um, think about ways in which you can do the implicit of, of loving people. Um, and I guess be ready in that to share um, the explicit, the, the gospel um, of Jesus Christ. Because I think that's been uh, my experience um, in these past few weeks. Um, and yeah, there is great opportunity to, to be able to, to share the hope uh, that we have as Christians at this time. Yeah. Yeah. Be prepared to be the answer to your prayers. Mm. All yes. right. If God is going to sanctify us, if we're going to grow in this time, that means we're going to have to learn to be evangelists to some of us or get better at it. Mm. But hallelujah. He is with us. His Holy Spirit reigns within us and uh, he'll help us. And as we said at the beginning, we don't need to be salt and light. Mm. We are salt and light. Yeah. God has made it so. Um, thank you very much for your time, um, Leslie-Anne and Alex. And uh, uh, I think this is going to be my last podcast. So I just want to say thank you very much for publicly for all uh, your hard work uh, with me and Rachel Presbyterian Church and for your friendship. And uh, I want to thank you too, listeners, um, members and friends of Rachel Presbyterian Church. Um, I think this hopefully won't be the last time you'll hear my opinion, um, but it's certainly you'll get a break from it for, for a while. Um, I want to encourage you, we haven't done this yet, but I think it's fitting to do now. I want to encourage you, if you're not familiar with our church or with our website, uh, to check that out. Alex mentioned it earlier. We have our website, which we obviously stand over and think this is filled with lots of brilliant resources. And we have a resource center. Um, but if you go to richhillpresbyterian.com, you'll find it there. And like I said, um, myself included, even as I commence my ministry in St. St. Fields, please feel free to get in touch with any one of us. Um, we're brothers and sisters in Christ, and we want to see his name glorified mm. uh, at this time. So thank you very much, and uh, we'll see you again. Bye.